Hey guys, welcome to Waterbound. This is Link and Ted, and uh, we're here to uh, talk about our some of our favorite subjects uh, on the on the outdoors. Uh, primarily uh, paddling, uh, whitewater paddling of all kinds. But anyway, we were happy to with our first uh, first podcast. We got it out there, and you know, a few folks listened. So hopefully, maybe yeah. Thanks, you'll... thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks uh, for everybody that uh, listened and, and gave us great feedback. Yeah, so maybe uh, maybe somebody will come back listen to another one, but. Uh, so I think what we'll do is let's just jump right in here tonight with uh, some trip reports. There's a, We've had a lot of rain, and so yeah. there's a lot of rivers running. Yeah, last weekend uh, was we, we, we had kind of been in a, in a bit of a dry spell here in the southeast uh, in the southern Appalachians, but uh, we started getting rain um, kind of middle of last week, and then it kind of continued, um, and... Um, a lot of rivers ran. Uh, a lot are still running, and they're bound to keep running higher and higher uh, through at least through this weekend and maybe even beyond. So it's uh, shaping up to be a great spring. Um, first of all, um, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of folks have been up on the upper Nantahala that yeah. was running high, and I saw yeah, we, friend Matt sent out some pics and got some <laughs> folks interested, yeah. and, and I think uh, you went up there. Yeah, I was I was out there on the upper Nantahala, um, not to be confused with the Cascades, but right below the Cascades and the uh, commercial Nana, you know, the, the main Class 2-3 Nantahala run is the upper Nantahala, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of uh, continuous uh, class two and three, um, you know, with some definitely uh, some class four-ish spots, um, and it was running high. Uh, it was running real good and high this weekend. Uh, we had um, uh, they're they're working on one of the generators in the powerhouse, one of the turbines. So they're running everything was running down the Cascades and Upper Nantahala. And uh, I was running about 1,100 CFS whenever I got on it. And um, just uh, uh, had a real great time. I, I uh, elected Rio, my, my <laughs> golden retriever pup, to uh, go with me. And he, he's bigger than a pup, but he's, he's about a year old. And uh, he uh, S2'd my fat cat with me. And uh, a couple times I wondered if I got him in over his head there. But he uh, he handled it real well. He's a pro. Um, He's a pro. He's got more experience than I do. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he had a great time. And I you had can a hear great him time. right now running around here. Yeah, so. he and Ida are having a good old time. But uh, and then uh, yeah, I did two runs on it, two laps on uh, Upper Nantahala that day, and uh, so, that's one the second time by myself. So so for reference, <laughs> if we can keep the dogs down, uh, when it. So they they release the Upper Nantahala how many times a year? Probably it's it's uh, they do several weekends. Well, there's Gaff only weekend. like one or two full weekends, and the rest of the time it's like a single day single day releases. Yeah. Um, and normally they they release they'll do like two high, high what they call high flow, uh, where I think it's around. 350 to 400 CFS on those high flow days. And there's only like two of them. Uh, and then the rest of the days they'll release 
like 250 CFS. And uh, 250 CFS is definitely doable in, you know, just about almost any craft, um, any yeah, whitewater craft. But the, the So I've been up there for some of those uh, the the standard releases, I guess that they've that they've done, and most people that go down in a raft complain about getting stuck. You know, on on the lower release, and then when they do the double release or yeah. whatever, that seems that's good. And I've run it in a raft yeah. with that, and yeah. that, that's you know that's fine. And I can't imagine doing it at the level. So for reference, what like a two fifty, then like a three fifty or four hundred. And then this weekend it's running. Well, it, it's running sixteen hundred CFS, I think today. Wow! So it's it's cranking, um, and uh, it was it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, definitely right up my alley. Um, being a you know a, a class four or five paddler, um, love love some you know some continuous class three to uh class four and uh definitely reared its class four self uh this past weekend at higher water uh it's, it's really continuous um and uh there was some uh there's quite a quite a few folks out not not a lot of rafts uh which i i mainly paddle on nowadays uh uh fat cat a uh, rocky mountain rafts fat cat um s1 or s2 uh, I do like to paddle uh, other smaller rafts that we make, uh, Cloud Nine and other. But uh, there, uh, there was one other raft that I saw. I saw them when they took off. But uh, uh, some Cronin inflatables out there, um, and uh, a couple swims. Um, yeah, I heard. Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, there's I definitely heard. a swim. Uh, a significant lost, one. lost paddle out there. Uh, that I shout yeah. out to David. Yeah. David, we picked it up. David, you're welcome, <laughs> bud. I came around the corner. I was like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely from, uh, that Cronin craft. I heard that they had to swim her out of it because they had Cronin stickers all over it. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, it was, it was a whole lot of fun. Um, the Cascades was just cranking. It was, it was pretty wild looking. Um, but, uh, one thing about that upper nanny, um, it it definitely has seen a good bit of uh, wood, you know, new wood or wood moving around in it, and uh, so you know if you're not familiar with that run, um, and you know you can easily kind of scout it from the road on the drive up. You know, pay attention to where the wood is, because uh, there was a lot of big logs up there that had not been there before, uh, and there's a couple of a couple of big logs in really nasty spots. So, you know, definitely scout scout it if you're not you know intimately familiar with uh, a run like that. So, um, and another thing, the uh, the upper upper Nantahala above the Cascades is now even more runnable than it used to be because um, a big flood this past, I guess that was summer or fall, completely scoured out the riverbed upstream and, and ripped a lot of the old uh, privet and shrubs out of there. So it made that t- a lot more doable, um, whereas you know most people would only put in right above the Cascades and run them. So, yeah. Nice, yeah. I'll have to drive up there and check it out. Um, 
So yeah, so we have we had several friends run that, and then I had some other buddies uh, run just the regular Nantahala, which was you know running high too. So they they had a big time on that. Uh, other other trips uh, you got on the Hiawassee drives? Yeah, I had I had I had three straight days of whitewater and uh, just um, what what are you popping up in there? <laughs> Ted? Oh, just a... What are we having tonight? We're uh, having a lazy lesser, hiker. Lazy hiker, Wesser Evil the, Porter. The nice. Wesser Evil uh, in honor of... Uh, I guess we're talking about the Upper Nanny. Yeah, so. we are talking about the Upper Nanny. So Wesser... Yeah, Wesser Evil. Very tasty. Um, and great great beer for this time of year. Um, but I had three great days paddling uh, out there. Um and uh, got on the Hiawassee River Drys, which uh, is doesn't that, run very much. Is that in Tennessee or? North it, I mean, there's the the regular yeah. Hiawassee. A lot of people are familiar with, which is a great like class two, maybe a, maybe a class three in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, the Hiawassee Gorge, yeah, uh, you know, and what I would call the Upper Hiawassee is uh, flows into uh, from Lake Chattoog down into. Um, down into Hiawassee Lake in Murphy, North Carolina, and that has a couple different couple sections on it. It's pretty mellow, and then uh, uh, the big water kind of it's it's kind of it's, it's it's an interesting, very interesting river bed. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, the 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 upper watershed is draining into this really deep gorge. And uh, it's, uh, the Hiawassee River is very wide, but um, uh, the drys is called the drys because most of the water gets diverted around the riverbed most of the year. And it, the intake is at the dam. It goes through a big pipe through the mountain, up and over the mountain, and downstream to the powerhouse where it comes out. And most people put in on the Hiawassee River, the Hiawassee Gorge, right below the powerhouse. So this is... This is between the dam and the powerhouse, and uh, it has uh, it's seen a lot of um, trees grow up in the riverbed, and um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a wild wild riverbed, and uh, so you start out, and it's kind of like the Chioa, lots of trees and full grown trees, sycamores and all that, and then uh, you go in uh, a couple of waves, and then. One of the biggest rapids, Hollywood Bowl, right there at the beginning, um, about a mile downstream of the put-in. Um, nice big class four. Uh, I told someone it kind of reminded me of Frank Bell's Rapid on the French Broad at, on steroids. Uh, it was it was really cool, uh, really really cool, and it just the whole river funnels down into this big horseshoe drop and big waves, big holes. We had a good. Good rowdy time there, and um, now is that running because of their rainfall, or are they doing no? Some work I think they're or? doing some. Either they're doing work on the powerhouse, on the turbines, or they kind of like the situation with all the dams around here. They saw this rain event coming, so they started dropping the lakes. Okay, um, so I'm not sure which it is. Um, because they were generating when we went by the powerhouse, but um, not a lot is you know not as much is known about the Hiawassee Drys just because it doesn't run very much. But man, spectacular whitewater! 
Uh, it's not it's not a super long run. Um, not a ton of rapids, but they're all great quality rapids, and it's a very unique riverbed. Um, some really really cool rapids uh, that we saw in there. So and an easy show to watch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, my buddy I was paddling with, give him a shout out, Casey Butler, uh, hooked us up with a uh, a pro uh, shuttle driver. She had uh, she had beer and snacks waiting on us at the takeout. Nice. She dropped us off at the put. We actually put it. We ran two rivers that day. We put in on Turtle Town Creek. And we took out on uh, right right up below the powerhouse on the Hiawassee Drive. So uh, Turtle Town, we actually got to run a little rapid. It was probably first descent in raft. I'm not sure, but um, we had two S1s. My buddy Shane and and I were in, were in Fat Cats, and Casey was in his Puma R1 in his Puma, and we just had a blast. But that seriously, that uh, I mean, y'all had a nice. Shuttle, but that's a killer. Shuttle, oh, it's right? it's like it's it's easily over an hour through a forest service road and so, yeah, so, yeah, like yeah, it was I the first time I've ever been there. Um, and um, you know, if if the gates open at the dam, it is or at the powerhouse, it is possible to park down at the powerhouse and uh you set set shuttle on the same road you put in off of but you just gotta know where you're going out there yeah um and 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 it was man it was back country but up in there it was you know uh it was pretty interesting country um, nice back in north polk county tennessee yeah i'd yeah. like to do that sometime my, my uh a few of my buddies did it a few years ago uh ray and tommy i think maybe chuck uh they did it in in ducks and I don't know what the water levels were, but I, I remember, I remember them mainly talking about the shuttle. <laughs> so, so yeah. anyway, you got yeah. you got to want it. You got to want, want it. Yep. And you got you got on. Uh, what'd you get on this weekend? Yeah. Well, I had something I'd been wanting to do for a while, and it, it's Deep Creek up in uh, uh, Bryson City, North Carolina. Um, I'd been up there years ago. It's a great place to hike. <laughs> in the Smokies and it's a beautiful Creek. Uh, in the summertime, there's a section of it that they do a lot of tubing on. So, Oh yeah. You know, and, and I've done that with my kids and that's fun. Um, but I, you know, I've been wanting to get up there in the wintertime and check it out and see, you know, what it would be like. And I did get online and find a couple of, uh, YouTube videos of some folks, paddling it and i thought yeah I'll, I'll go check that out and so the way that that we looked at it online is there's a uh, there's a gauge on the kind lofty over in cherokee and if it's running at i think 1100 or so yeah then deep creek is usually running good enough to, to paddle yeah. so so like anyway a, like a correlation yeah and with other nearby run because there's not any kind of gauge on deep creek but that's the i guess the closest thing uh so i think that the kind of lefty was running at about 10 50 or so and so we went up uh me and uh david uh coffin we uh, he had his cronin inflatable and i took my uh air links uh, inflatable kayak uh, we kind of took those because we didn't know 
you know, we didn't really know what it was going to be like. Uh, we also had a long hike in. You basically have to hike the trail from the trailhead yeah. all the way in. It's a nice big path. Uh, that as, you know, As high as you want to go, basically. Yeah, yeah, as far as you want to go back in there. And, you know, we kind of had some time constraints, and but we hiked in there probably two miles or so. And you can pretty much scout, I'd say, like, 90% of it from the, the trail. So that was oh. nice. And, and it was mostly like some steep class twos, maybe a, a handful of class threes in the little part that we did. I think the further you go back in there, the steeper it gets and the bigger rapids that <coughs> we find. Um, but anyway, we had a blast. We, we put on, did just a couple of miles. And it was it was a great trip. I, I and so now we're definitely uh, kind of itching to go back and and rig up some better systems of hauling our boats. And uh, yeah. we want to go in there a lot further because I think you can go up to like fourteen miles. Well, back why in don't there. why don't y'all backpack in, them in there and blow them up? I guess I guess we could do that. But it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that bad, you know. It really wasn't that bad compared to, you know. I don't, I don't think I'd want to haul the fat cat in there. Well, even, yeah, no, <laughs> even though it, <laughs> you know, go go up with uh, IKs with with. Uh, yeah, 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 and pump them up. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, so anyway, it was it was a good trip. I'd go back. Nice. Um, oh, and and I I forgot to mention um, I was on the the Hiawassee Drives at. Um, uh, right, right around three thousand cfs on the uh, the Hiawassee drives. So the dam was running, uh, powerhouse was running somewhere around um, over five thousand. So I think we we figured somewhere around fifty three hundred, fifty four hundred is what it was supposed to be running. So we were we were right around the three thousand margin on the drives. Nice, um, and that's kind of like it's 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 not big. I mean, five thousand definitely on the drives. Uh, everybody's like, "Oh, you got to do it at five thousand. So I was really happy with three. Definitely like to see it at higher water. Uh, definitely like to S one it. Um, but uh, a whole lot of fun. Really, really pretty. We got to see a big old bald eagle. You know, it was like one of those days. It was like just beautiful, perfect. Right, yeah. So cool. Yeah. The other other thing I forgot to mention uh, that you know another reason that I love inflatables and and uh after hiking into deep creek i i, I would paddle the por- the portion of it that we did i would do it in in a hard boat uh, i wouldn't yeah. i mean it, i wouldn't be thrilled about carrying it uh but <laughs> uh but it would have been okay but uh the the one that's of the things that's is the sound of experience folks <laughs> that's right uh <laughs> the other thing was just you know we didn't know what kind of wood we might run into and we did we did see you know one big river wide strainer on the hike in so we knew where it was but when i'm i'm doing exploratory kind of stuff like that and i i, I just want to be able to get in and out of the boat in a hurry and yeah. so that that's you know i i love a ducky for that reason I know maybe, a lot of people do maybe that's we're not I'm, supposed to call them duckies we're we keep trying to say inflatable kayaks but inflatable kayaks <laughs> IKs, uh, i'm okay i'm okay heard some other way. folks call them uh uh High performance whitewater inflatable craft. That's right, and that's what we're doing from now on. Zach Collier. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do enjoy my high performance whitewater inflatable crafts. So, uh, 
All right, man. Well, yeah, it was a good week. Uh, hey, it's, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, rigging stuff up. So one of the things, and that's what I want to get into next, is sort of rigging rafts and that sort of thing. But just while we're on that note, transitioning, we had that long hike in at Deep Creek. Yeah. And we had our uh, high-performance yeah. inflatable crafts. <laughs> Those things. Um, so one of the things that uh, when when I went with uh, with you, uh, we went up Snowbird Creek back in December. We had to hike in a little ways, and you know you we were we were doing the fat cat. So we had our paddles. You know we had our our I guess our uh, cam straps rigged up for kind of how what do we describe those as sort of shoulder pad. Turtle yeah, I, style. I, I I have uh, I've kind of developed developed the style of uh, rigging. Uh, you know, uh, not only my uh, my what a lot of folks call chicken straps. You know, that run around the perimeter or perimeter line around the boat. Chicken strap. Um, some people might call them danger ropes or strangle strings, <laughs> uh, depending <laughs> on which part of the country you're in. But um, I call it my, uh, I call, you know, perimeter line. I don't really run a, a rope or a, a line around the perimeter, especially on the fat cat. It's kind of hard to do that. Uh, but I, I rig up a box, you know, I rig up a square through the main D-rings over the cross tubes and uh, with, with two cam straps. That way I can adjust them and make them tight. But um, um I found that whenever I'm carrying in anywhere or, or just about anywhere I go paddling because I, I like to carry my boat by myself um, over my head uh, and preferably not on my head uh, is I'll, I'll rig my perimeter line my, my perimeter line, and I'll wedge my paddles underneath that perimeter line. So my paddles are in, you know, I'm carrying those with me. Uh, and not in your boat. hand. And, and yeah. they're not in my hand and loose, and they're tight. And, and like I said, those straps were tight. And that's what I was getting at. Like, I mean, keep going with this, but I'll come back to the, yeah. to the paddle idea. But yeah. I rigged two other straps um, that I use as uh, basically shoulder straps. Um, and uh, what I do is um, I, I leave the cam buckles in, in the main cockpit area, pretty much right in front of where I'm going to be. That way I can adjust them if I need to. Um, but I rig them uh, in front of me. I go about, oh, not even about head width, just so I can get my head in between them. And I rig those under the belly of the boat um, on my fat cat. Uh, in a raft, I would go around a, around a cross tube into the back D-ring, and basically behind me, I, I, I bring them together and I create a V, but then I, I take the opposite tail, you know, opposite tails and go through, you know, corresponding buckles. Uh, and what that does is it makes it really, really kind of rigid and, and it gives me sort of shoulder straps that give me a lot of control over carrying that boat over my head. That is a hell of an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and it works. It works really well. Um, it's that uh, what I'm getting at is like I think we are gonna post some pictures of that somewhere. So sure, we'll, yeah, we'll get that out there. Or maybe we'll do a little little video or something. Yeah, because I, I, it's he showed it to me, and 
It's a lifesaver. Uh, and, and I think you could apply it to a lot of different crafts. It doesn't have yeah. to be a fat cat necessarily. No, so, no, like I was saying, yeah. I, I do it on I do it on a raft also. I just do it a little bit differently. I use the D rings inside the boat and the and the thwarts in the boat to to keep it taut. And but the main thing is that it's those inside straps are super tight so that they're not they're not supporting all the weight on your shoulders, but it's just enough to keep it from from just all the weight being right on your head yeah. when you're carrying that boat upside down and over your head. Absolutely. It works really well. I, I, we will post some pictures somewhere, yeah, whether it's to. on maybe R1, R2, uh, Facebook group or something like that, but we'll get them out there because yeah. um, it's super helpful. But And the reason I was sort of went down that path is, so when we were hauling in at Deep Creek with the duckies, I... Uh, I was like, you know what? I I know we got a long hike, and I do not want to carry my paddle and kind of fight that and carry my boat with one hand, um, even though I can kind of put it on my shoulder. So I, I did bring. I knew what what was going to happen, so I brought a couple of uh, cam straps and just threw it around around my uh, around the boat and strapped my paddle just to the boat, just same kind of way. Yeah, you know, and and it also gave me another. Uh, another strap to grab onto with either hand, uh, which made it a much easier carry. So even since then, David and I have, have chatted a couple of times. He's looking at like a backpacking kind of rig that they have at NRS and, uh, and, and, and even like a, a little pulley kind of, I mean, a little pull behind kind of thing but uh, a little trailer uh, wheels yeah but i think i don't want to really haul that in or yeah. in my boat so yeah. i think i'll just i'm probably going to add more straps <laughs> and uh anyway but that it, it, it made a huge difference like carrying the boat just not having my paddle in my hand so it's a simple thing and mm-hmm. uh not sure i would have thought of it if i hadn't done it on the fat cat and you hadn't showed me that other strap rigging cool. but um but yeah, so you know, you were talking about so that's just you know we're kind of talking about hauling stuff around, but let's talk about like switch gears to rigging on a either a raft or or a shredder style uh, cat. Like you were talking about a box rigging, and again, we'll have to post some photos because and yeah. I've, and I've heard other people you know they don't like that because it creates a little where the thwart hits the tube. You get a little yeah. entrapment hazard, I guess. Yeah. So, so there's, you know, but the flip side to me is being able to get in. The I boat. can grab that thing <laughs> and climb in the boat. So a lot of people, you know, uh, for, for, for years and after guiding in the in the in the commercial rafting industry, we've we generally always run, um, uh, you know, what they call perimeter line or chicken line around through the D rings on the outside of the boat. And, um, you know, those, those work really well, but if you don't have a way to maintain those and keep them tight, they loosen up over time because, you know, when the boat dries, the webbing dries or your ropes dry and they, you know, then, then you get them wet and they stretch back out. So they tighten up and they stretch back out. And over time, if you don't have a, and the, and the knots people tie at the D rings, they, they, they tighten up and they get where you can't, you know, get the knot off anymore. Yeah. And you end up having to cut the line. And at that point, 
your you know you've you, your your rope or your webbing is almost useless, uh, and you got to maybe run it w- one less D ring. Uh, and so from when I was guiding in um, uh, West Virginia, we started rigging you know uh, basically cross strap and on commercial on rafts? commercial rafts, yeah, on commercial rafts, and we've had I think one incident in. Since, since I've been doing it, I've seen this happen one time where someone got their foot caught, um, you know, in, uh, in the strap, um, and um, they were extricated uh, by someone else jumping onto the raft with their knife and cutting the line. But I've only seen that happen one time. Um, and for me, uh, the ability being, especially as a commercial guy, I saw... Um, for my customers, my clients, my guests, having the ability to get themselves in the boat rather than me uh, uh, lose control by letting, you know, stop, stopping the, the, the action of guiding the raft and going and pulling them in because most of the time their friends are just looking at them, laughing at them, not pulling them <laughs> in real quick. Um, Good friends. You know, the ability for them to get a hold of that raft and start to get themselves in, uh, oh my gosh, it shortens shortens their amount of time in the water immensely. Um, the, on, the only thing I would think that the other style, you know, perimeter rope might be good on, on especially, I guess, commercial, is just you can... <laughs> If there's if people are swimming, it's something to snag onto, something to grab onto. It, it like, is you know, just to like grab the first, and that's first the main, thing. That's yeah. the main thing they they do. Um, yeah. You know those, that perimeter line is only so good for getting yourself in the boat because I don't think it'd be very very helpful for that. But at least well, yeah, it, might it, hang on to if, the boat if you know what you're doing. It's, yeah. And and we you know we even on commercial trips, which I still guide and. I love to show people and teach people how to get themselves in the boat. And we, we have a lot of people that do it. Uh, but, um, you know, just rigging that extra strap over the middle. No one else has to do it, but uh, I call it my get-in strap. And, get in. And it helps me. I can boost myself up to that strap and hand over hand myself right in the boat. Um you know, and there are times where, um, you know, it's possible with a small enough boat for you to grab a hold of that strap and pull the boat over on yourself. But, you know, honestly, um, you being able to get quickly back in the boat means less bad stuff is going to happen. Yes. Um, and <laughs> and that, that, I think, outweighs the entrapment. The entrapment. I'm with you. Uh, Especially if your rope is tight. uh, And I use cam straps. I keep my buckles, my cam buckles right over the cross straps. And I use two. So that way I can adjust both of them. And there won't be as much play in that that strap. Now, that just reminded me. uh, The other day I did see a video of a guy who took two more small cam straps, Mm -hmm. put them on the, the ends kind of where the thwart meets yeah. the tube and yeah. you know pulled down so that they kind of didn't have that little open space. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, and also might be an, another option if you're worried about that. Yeah, also um, 
they make you know they make uh, handles that you know that basically attach around the thwart, the cross tube, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's you know, like Air makes one, um, Air Inflatables makes one. Um, I, I think it. I think NRS makes one also. I got I ordered a couple. I've got a, a one from Air, and then I've got a couple of them from I think Strapworks. Dot com. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody goes there. I've, I get some cam straps from them sometimes. Cool. But you can get, he'll make daisy chains, and you can get whatever you want, and you can get whatever length you want, and he's got a number of different types of webbing. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm plugging it just because I, I've yeah. used it and like it. I don't have any connection to them, but uh, they're, they've been pretty decent. I mean, they're not as good as the ones that are, I mean, you know they're they're but they're fine. They've got a little rubber handle on them. Yeah, um, I've got a couple of those that I put on top of the method you're de- you're describing there mm-hmm. too. And and you know they've they've been helpful. Yeah, well you know uh, like one strap around the cross tube for your get in strap to go under yeah. to keep it kind of tight against that cross tube. That works. Um, you know we I've seen over the years people rigging. Um, Gluing in really small D-rings to run that cross strap over the tube and through the D-rings to the main D-rings on the outside of the boat. That way it keeps it kind of close to the port. The only thing about that, those those D-rings aren't made for a load. And once you put them on a load, they pop off. Okay. Um, You know, and, um, you know, most rafts nowadays, even smaller rafts, they have... Um, you know, my, when, when I look at raft design, I'm looking at where those D rings are and those, those, the, the, uh, straight tube D rings on the outsides of the outside edges of your boat, uh, especially like in a 10 to 11 or 12 foot raft, those D rings, I think should line up with the thwarts Yeah, with the two thwarts usually in that size boat. And they do on the fat cat. They usually do on a shredder, um, you know, I've seen a couple of designs where, you know, they 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 made those D rings. They spread them too far apart, and they they created a big, a big opening where yes, you know, it created an entrapment hazard yeah. because they didn't run over the over the thwart. So, all right, well, that's a little bit of talk about uh, <laughs> chicken straps and danger ropes and whatnot uh speaking of straps you know you can use them to haul your raft or your inflatable kayak around um that's another thing that i've seen people you know asking about and and again like you know we've hauled them in in a number of ways these uh you know how do you how do you like to haul your your i mean your small personal rafts around do you put them on a trailer you put them on your roof rack do you haul them you know, deflated, you know, let's well, talk I, about that. I don't have as nice a rig as you do. Uh, I don't know about that. With your, uh, <laughs> with your trailer, that's pretty swanky. He's got like uh, an old, uh, basically an old army trailer. Yeah, well, I built it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, was a, it was just a flatbed trailer, but I, I, I built it up and have had it a number of different ways. But it, yeah, it works pretty well right now. It's got a yeah. couple of, couple of, like wide pieces of plywood with some uh, like AstroTurf on them. Um, so in the summer when I'm going a lot, 
I use I use that trailer a lot, and I just keep my boats inflated, and I throw them on there, and it's you know it it's perfect. I can throw my gear in yeah. into the trailer below uh, yeah. where the rafts are, um, but you know f- the other day uh, when we went up to Snowbird, you showed up at my place. You had a fat cat on top of your vehicle. Tell us about that. Yeah, <laughs> inflated. Um. Kind of, it, it all depends on, you know, if I'm being lazy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I can fit a full size raft usually, and and I I usually I'll always run um, upside down on my rat on my racks mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. my if I'm gonna leave it inflated, um, just because uh, the the wind drag if you unless you have bow lines stern lines uh, can can pull that raft back which is going to pull your racks off your truck so what i try to do is is you know cinch them down upside down and try to line the d-rings up with with my racks and then um i've got uh yakima pretty standard yakima racks um nothing nothing super fancy but i do have the uh the bar ends the hooks and yeah. so I can run my straps just behind those hooks, and um, uh, that keeps them going straight down to the bars from the D-rings. And, you know, you just don't want to wrap wrap around your bars too much because you're still going to get a bit of travel in the strap. Yeah. Uh, it depends on many different variables. Um but on a shuttle, how far you know, am I driving? Yeah, that's how far like shuttle. I, I'd throw anything, you know. And we yeah. did that. We like stacked a couple of them up. It was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it, well, it looks funny, but you know, it's like, yeah, we we got to the takeout that day, and we and we blew our rafts up, and we stacked them on top of one another, and you know, yeah, we were only yeah, going like no two miles. Yeah, I wouldn't go um, on the interstate like but, that but. <laughs> before we hiked up a trail. Yeah. So and um, but you know, generally speaking, I always rig. Um, you know, minimum of two straps depends on what boat, how much it weighs, where I'm driving, how far I'm driving. If I'm getting on the interstate, um, I don't have a raft on top of my, I've I've done it before. Trust me. And it was blowing around a whole lot and I had to worry about with 18 wheelers. But what I like to do is, uh, you know, if I'm just running over to the Chattooga, which is 30 miles from my house. Um, you know, it's all two lane roads. I just, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it up on top of my truck. The fat cat only weighs like what, uh, 56 pounds. So I just run two straps on it. If I'm doing a, you know, what I call quick and dirty tie down, you know, it's tight, but I only use two cam straps, the same, basically ones I run for my box, uh, get in strap perimeter line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if if I'm if I'm worried about some winds and I want to leave my boat inflated, I have one strap per D ring going down to the bars. Yeah. Uh, that way you're not pulling your bars together when you cinch down on those straps, which can also, you know, basically affect the uh, affect the bars. You know, the integrity of the bars. Sure. Uh, and of course, the other. Easy option, or you know, is to deflate. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I've read different threads, and it makes sense to me. Like a lot of times, the damage that happens on rafts is is when you're transporting them. So, you know, whether it's 
a cam strap buckle or something rubbing, you know, for long distance, depending on like how, how far you were going. Or, or rolling, rolling, rolling them up it and up. just throwing it in the back of your truck where your jack is. Or Yes, some something sharp or shutting a door on them or yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to, you know, be careful with them. And, and, you know, like I said, I've hauled them. Most of the time, I, I like to, I mean, I would rather have mine inflated before I leave the house, but I do it any number of ways. It yeah. just depends on the day. Sometimes I'll deflate it, throw it in inside the vehicle. Well, if I got a long drive, that's the way I like to do it. But, and also, are you are you paddling the next day in the same yes, place? Are you camping right. with it? That's it's right. your saving room in your rig. Uh, are you running it the next day? Or if it's a really big raft, it takes a while, and it takes more than one person to roll it up and, yeah. and load it. So, you know, a lot of times it's easier to manipulate a raft when it's inflated than, than it is yeah. to manipulate it and throw it around when it's deflated. So, and you know, just if I, the reason I like to have it already inflated is obvious. I like to, you know, if I get to the put in, I want I've got enough stuff to contend with. I don't, I don't have to. Uh, you know, inflate the whole thing, but you know, depends on the day and situation. But yeah, okay. Well, anyway, there's a lot. You know, I guess the the well, we're scratching the surface. You, you know. know, get some straps, folks. <laughs> get you some straps. Well, you know, the main thing is that if if you run a perimeter line on your on your boat, um, if you want to run a perimeter line, some people don't like them. I get it. Um, you know, generally with an oar rig, you know, or frame. Uh, you're not going to have a like a perimeter line because the frame is a perimeter. You know that's your that's your thing to grab a hold of, and you just need your straps to cinch that that frame down to the raft. But for smaller boats, uh, I would much rather have a quick way back in that boat than to worry about getting my foot in trap whenever I fall whenever I fall out. Um, you know, self-bailing rafts, it's, it's kind of hard to get your foot. Uh, back in the days of bucket boats, you know, I, I did, in fact, my dad, uh, when I took him, when I took my family raft, and my dad slid underneath the cross tube, the thwart wow. of the boat, and, uh, in a bucket boat on the Okoe. Uh, and it was a really big, you know, it was a 14-foot bucket boat. So when that floor filled up with water, it created a huge hole underneath there, underneath the thwarts, and he slid under, and it was hard for him to get out of there. Um, that doesn't really happen anymore. Not not with self bailing rafts with yeah. with the uh, the self bailing floors. So you know, just uh, you know, you use your head, uh, use some common sense when you're doing stuff, uh, and be safe. Get some straps. strap it up cam strap well speaking of being safe uh let's talk just briefly about you know we've got a lot of rain uh, that we've had it's been you know it's been great because everything's been running uh but we got more rain coming here so uh, some quick thoughts on you know how to make a decision about high water you know get on it and don't get on it i mean what are your thoughts i mean know your limits Know your experience, know your river, and know who you're with and and what you're carrying. Um, you know, first of all, uh, kind of like I said before, uh, even the dam control rivers were cranking 
this past weekend, and yeah. they're probably going to keep cranking because um, we're getting so much rain out here right now. Uh, the upper, the headwaters of the Chattooga on the gauge this morning read six inches in the past 48 hours. That's a lot for a river that was already primed with rain and is ready to go. And uh, it's at five feet in, or... I think it actually was, uh, yeah, it was at five feet at that time and rising. Five feet rising. high and rising. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's some big water. And the water levels can change real quick and um, can really, you know, uh, you know, you, you want to know what you're doing. And um, let's look at the uh, Chattooga headwaters right now. Let's see what. How high is the water, mama? <laughs> Ten feet high and rising. Uh, look, so here's. Yeah, so it topped out today at, I think it got five inches. Uh, it was still coming up earlier. Headwaters has, had peaked. Um, but let's look at the main the main uh, gauge, and I guarantee it's going to show something different. Oh, it peaked at uh, almost five feet, and it's on its way back down. But uh, that still, or it peaked at four, seven and that's over five feet because once it goes over two, uh, the, the, the difference in the gauge flips mm. and it'll start reading lower than it actually is. I, so it's, I can't it's figure it out. Crazy. So <laughs> also know your, uh, you know, know your gauges, uh, know how to read them, know how to, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's a stream flow gauge on the internet or, um, uh, a forecasted flow for a for a hydroelectric, you know, uh, for an impoundment, um, a dam, you know, release basically. Um, also know how to read high, you know, high uh, high water marks on the uh, on the shorelines. You know, Chattooga, we you know like well, we know it's at this water level, but we don't see a high water mark yet. So it could be still, it still could be coming could be up. Rising. Yeah. That's... And even if you do see a high water mark, it could be coming back up, but it's just like a good thing to look for, look for those high water marks. So, but yeah, just, just use your head and, you know, water will go back down. Uh, and there's, there's no need to get, get crazy and, and take, take too many chances because, uh, we've got lots of water for, the rest of the rest of the spring, at least. Yeah, and yeah. I think there's more on the way. Yeah, I think so. Well, uh, hey, let's uh, things that are on the way. We've got some things coming up. We'll make a few announcements. Um, so there's been a lot of talk around here and and interest in R1 uh, instruction, or you know, just you know, people want to learn how to do it. I think a lot of people can jump in and do R2 and kind of figure it out. Um, but, you know, paddling from one side of the boat, you know, it's, it's a whole nother challenge. So uh, you've got a lot of boat, one person. So there's there's been a lot of talk on, in particular, this R1, R2 Facebook group. Um, so uh, Link is putting together a little clinic and... Well, I guess we'll be getting the details out there on some of those group sites, mm-hmm. but uh, you want to talk about that? And here, uh, yeah, um, uh, since I since I started repping rafts, uh, I've had you know a lot of people 
by rafts that had some had a good bit of paddling experience, but not a lot of um, not a lot of experience in small rafts. Um, you know, and they see me and some friends, you know, running running some of these creeks, and like, man, it looks like a lot of fun, but. You know, uh, even at, you know, after doing it a while, you can make it look a lot easier than it actually yes. is. So uh, I can we... vouch for that. Like I've gone <laughs> with Link, the same river, same boat, and it's not as easy for me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're gonna, we're, yeah, we're gonna put together um, an R one clinic, R R two S one S two. I think we're just, you know, gonna come cover a lot of the basics of of uh, of this type of paddling uh, in smaller boats, but um, thought it'd be fun to do, and and uh, hopefully we'll we'll uh, you know get some more details together. We'd like to do it soon this spring, while you know while stuff is running, not you know not too high, but and uh, do it in a in a in a setting where uh, you know you guys can get the most out of it. And, what would uh, some pop? I know we've sort of kick this around and you haven't really nailed it down yet but what 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 are some of the possible rivers you think it might might work out to do um you know uh, a lot of folks you know comment on the nanahala um you know which is a great a great spot um just because of access and all that and and um well, I'll tell you my and and, and that, good good fun you know rafting and and uh, camping available nearby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a great instructional uh, area for sure, um, and um, and it's reliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's reliable. That's uh, that's cool too. Um, you know, but for uh, you know R one R two, you know there there's more than just paddling involved so and i I do want to kind of want to get into uh with people you know showing them how to rig a boat and how to you know how to carry and i agree all the stuff we talked um, about before yeah it's it's not intuitive you know you don't just figure it out no i mean like i you know that system i showed you i've it's been it's been evolving and you know, and well, I say you don't figure it like, and it's different. You don't figure it out things. immediately. Like you've been at it a long time, so you've, you're you're developing ways to do it. But like, yeah. if you go buy the boat the next day, you can't get online and right. like look it up. And right, that's sort of the point of what we're doing here. And yeah, you know, some of these Facebook groups too to just sort of share some information. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna announce uh, dates and probably a little bit better description of the clinic um definitely if you're if you're interested keep you know stay in touch with us chris we're talking to you (laughs) (laughs) um it would it would definitely help um things if you have you know at least have your own raft (laughs) yeah yeah. um you know we may have a couple of extra boats available but it's going to be pretty limited um so um definitely your own you know in the range of 11 and a half foot, I think, 12 or 11 and a half foot down to, you know, down to 9 or 10 feet. Um, you know, anywhere from, like, Puma size down to uh, Puma or Avon Scout size down to... Uh, inner tubes. 
Down to inner tubes. <laughs> right on, Ted. Um, no, but, you know, down to like Mini-Me or, or uh, Cloud9 size. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can kind of impart some, you know, knowledge, make make it easier on you. And, I think it would be great. Show you, show you how to have even more fun. And, you know, you'll meet people and then you have some more paddling buddies and kind of yeah. similar skill set and you know it, it i think it'd be i think it'd be a great thing to do yeah so i'm excited about it um well so what about what are some other things coming up well uh i think last last week uh did uh mention um there is a chioa river release coming up the first uh releases of the year chioa has already been running this past week at like 1800 cfs um, and, um, that means that, uh, the creeks feeding, uh, Lake Santilla are, are running pretty good. Santilla Creek and Snowbird Creek. And, uh, that's called Tallulah up there also running through Robbinsville. But, um, what does it run on the release? The mm-hmm. releases, uh, release right at a thousand CFS is like the normal, um, the normal regular release. Uh, they used to do lower on it was weird uh, uh, lower higher on Saturday lower on Sunday so they wouldn't conflict with the high or the low and high release on Tallulah but um, since you know they've been releasing over the past close to 10 years now um, um, you know we've we've talked them into you know trying to release the same amount every release that makes it quality. Uh, and a thousand CFS is it. Um, so it's been running pretty good, but it's the first schedule releases this weekend. Um, so, you know, definitely been a, uh, an interesting summer last year, fall and winter this so far this year. Uh, so if you are out there, be careful for wood, uh, wood moving around new wood, you know, just, uh, strainers, all that kind of stuff, log jams watch out for them um so that's one of the things i'm looking forward to get getting out there and looking for is to see if it, any of the wood has moved and people need to have some pretty good skills to get on that river right like i'm i'm st- I yeah i mean I'm, I'm i don't know solid class four <laughs> skills um solid class four skills um you know we we tell our our commercial guests um I've I've been fortunate to guide you know to guide on the Chio. It's one of my favorite rivers to guide on, um, um, just because it's so continuous and technical. Uh, but we tell our our guests that um, um, you know if it were anywhere else except by this highway, right there, highway highway uh, uh, one twenty nine. Um, if it were anywhere else except beside that highway, it would be considered class five. If it was back country, it would be class five. Um, but, um, you know, don't, don't, don't take it for granted. Um, yeah, lost a friend out there last year. Um, and, uh, I wasn't on the river at the time, but you know, anytime one of us, we, we lose one of our, uh, friends on the river it's it's really tough and um you know um commercial trips out there we 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 run a pretty pretty tight ship but stuff happens and you know luckily we 
we uh, we've we have a pretty good safety record out there. So, and what company are you running with? I, I I work for Endless River Adventures. So, um, you know, we're we're one of the only companies that still does regular trips down here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so and I, I love working for those guys. Um, and um, yeah, so cool. It's a blast. But then also right over on the Nantahala River is uh, the Nantahala Racing Club's Glacier Breaker uh, races uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So uh, they have a downriver. They do slalom um, down at the Nantahala Outdoor Center. It's a great event. And uh, um, really, I think, you know, very family-friendly. Um, and, um, you know, good, good bit starting to happen. Spring is here. All right. It's coming on. So, all right. Well, the, I think the, I think we're going to wrap it up here, man. Any other cool. any any parting thoughts here? No, just uh, <laughs> you guys get on the river, be safe, have a good time, and all right, folks. We'll see you next time. Thanks. See you downstream. <laughs> <laughs>